Hello, everybody, once again. Welcome to uh, episode eight of Membrane Labs podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Arthur. Uh, unfortunately, Tyler is away. Um, he had to go home and whatnot, so um, he's not going to be joining us today. Um, I had a guest lined up, but that didn't quite work out. So, um, yeah, it's just going to be me. So um, I'll try to make it a good podcast. I'll try to bring forth some good information. Hopefully we can have a good discussion. And uh, let's just get right into it. So as always, just going to start off with the state of the market currently. So right now, looking at Coinbase, uh, Bitcoin is at 70.27. So that's good. I mean, uh, that's a good sign. I mean, I mean, it was up near 85k a month or so ago, but at least it's going up. That makes me happy. Uh, looking at the charts here. I actually didn't prepare any chart patterns for this week, and uh, so it's something I should have done, but we'll just take a look at our whole cloud again. So if we look at the four-hour chart, and we're looking at the cloud, uh, what happened is something that is known as a Kumo breakout. So as most of you probably know by now, if you've been listening to our previous podcasts, uh, we have this Kumo cloud. Well, what's called a Kumo cloud? It's a it's a cloud. It's called a Kumo cloud, and it kind of determines support and resistance, and kind of shows you in a dynamic way where support and resistance is. And so, as we've talked about before, below the cloud is signs of bearishness. If you're in the cloud, if price is in the cloud, that is. It's sort of a no trade zone. It's it's kind of hard to determine where price is going to go. And uh, if you're above the cloud, well, then you're that's that's signs of bullishness. And a real good bull signal is when the price actually breaks up above the cloud and breaks out of the cloud up above and stays above, right? And that's the phenomenon we're seeing on the four-hour chart with Bitcoin. So that's good. I mean, for the Bitcoin bulls out there, um, I know myself, I'll be opening along. Uh, I'm not a financial advisor or anything as always. Uh, it's not financial advice, but it's it's something that I'll be doing. I'll be opening along and uh, possibly adding to that long as we move forward here. Uh, looking at the RSI, I think we talked about this last week a bit or in previous episodes, but relative strength indicator is just a simple way of seeing if the asset in question is overvalued or, um, or undervalued. And so right now it's, it's telling me that it's in between, um, it has these bounds uh, thir 30 and 70, right? And uh, those are kind of the bounds, default bounds for the RSI. 
and so it's it's right in the middle of those which means there's no real uh it, it it's it's a, it's at the price it wants to be right it's it's a good price there's no shouldn't be coming down shouldn't be going up it's kind of staying right but i mean anything can happen obviously so um so we have this kumo breakout which is great and so that's on the four hour chart looking at the daily we see that price is still below the cloud however it's slowly creeping into the cloud and then once it's in the cloud another phenomenon is a what's called an edge to edge which is pretty much in general once the price enters the cloud either way i mean it could be coming down into the cloud or up into the cloud it'll want to touch the other end of the cloud so right now if if that's something that's going to happen then it'll break into the cloud around it depends depends when it breaks into the cloud but around 72 50 or 73 80 something in that range uh, it'll break into the cloud and at that point it'll want to come and touch this other edge which is right around 78 60. so if you if you want to see if you need something to look out for anyways uh that's a good indicator uh, you can open up a long and the exact same is true uh, opposite right if it comes down into the cloud then it's going to touch the bottom edge of the cloud if it rises up into the cloud then it's going to want to reach for the top edge of the cloud um but usually what you want to accompany this is a bullish cross of the moving averages that are also displayed within the Ichimoku cloud indicator. So you have these two moving averages. I think the default colors of them are blue and red. And so the blue color is your faster moving average. And your red one is your slower moving average. And so when blue crosses over red and blue is above red, that's bullish. And if blue is under red, that's bearish. And so on the daily right now, uh, the blue or the Tenkin is what it's called. The, the blue line, the faster moving one is called the Tenkin. And the red line, the slower moving average is called the Kijun. And so if the Tenkin is below the Kijun, then it's bearish, right? But however, there's other things like you can use the lines as oscillators and that can tell you if it's oversold or overbought depending on how far away the lines are from each other. Uh, so if you're looking for a stable kind of price, then you want these moving averages to be very close to each other. Um, However, if, if there's a great disparity, disparity between them, then you can say that, okay, well, it's oversold or it's overbought. And um, so 
for example, right now, if you were to look at the daily chart for Bitcoin right now, you'd see that the Kijun and the Tenkin, they're very far away from each other. They have a big space, right? And so generally that means that it's oversold and that price will want to go up and kind of reach the Kijun. And the same is true with the opposite, right? If you got blue over red, but there's a big disparity, well, it's going to want to come back down towards, it's overbought, right? Overvalued, and it's going to want to come back down. Um, so that's the daily. Uh, however, on the four hour, we do have a bullish cross of these two moving averages of the Tenkin and the Kijin. And just for... Just for future reference, uh, I'll call them TK crosses, uh, Tenkin Kijun crosses. So we have a bullish TK cross on the four hour accompanied with a Kumo breakout. So these are signs of bullishness, which is good. So that's Bitcoin. Uh, let's take a look at Ethereum here. I'm looking on Poloniex for Ethereum. And yeah, it just doesn't look good for Ethereum. Uh, I guess I'm looking at the ETH BTC pair. So maybe if I switch over to the USD pair. It's a little more relative, I think. They're kind of comparing Ethereum to Bitcoin. I mean, like they're their own separate thing, right? In my opinion, anyways. Uh, yeah. But regardless, it still doesn't look too, too good on the four hour for ETH. And I'm going to assume that the daily doesn't look too good either. Yeah, it looks really bearish for Ethereum, which, you know, is a shame. I wonder if it had something to do with that attack or, you know, the, or yeah, the Ethereum network attack. Um, yeah. Hard to say, but um, if we're looking at technicals for Ethereum, it's not looking too, too good. Um, yeah, let's take a look at ETH Classic. Yeah, it looks, um, it looks like there's a potential setup for a trade with ETH Classic on the four hour anyways. Uh, so we have a bullish TK cross. We have a really big cloud. And so what we're looking for, and we have a twist of the Kumo cloud into green, which is another bullish sign. So if we can have the price creep into the cloud and close in the cloud, then the opposite edge is 15... 1555 ish. $15.55. So that's a decent trade. That's like uh it's a 20% gain right there. And you can you can close your or you can sell it off there and or sell off a portion anyways and take some profits. Um Yeah, so um, that's the market anyways. 
Um, now, something I wanted to mention was some a coin I was looking at. And that would be Ravencoin. So Ravencoin. It is a peer-to-peer -peer electronic system for the creation and transfers of assets. So essentially, this coin, coincidentally, is very similarly structured to Bitcoin in terms of halving and whatnot. Uh, approximately every four years, having will take place of Ravencoin. And actually, one of these guys I follow on Facebook, uh, I only know him by Rev Nissan. And he actually mentioned Ravencoin and some interesting coincidences with Ravencoin and Bitcoin. And that maybe it's Bitcoin 2.0. I mean, that's a pretty bold statement. But one of the things was that Bitcoin was created on January 3rd, 2009. And Ravencoin was created on January 3rd, 2018. Obviously, it could be a coincidence, but that got a lot of people hyped up. Uh, also... The sentiment behind it. It's been listed as one of the top 100 coins multiple times. And so, basically, that means people are going to be looking at it, right? And uh, you can currently mine this coin. And I know he was mining it. He was getting 8 mega hashes per second times 6 cards. So, 48 mega hashes per second. He was mining it about 60 raven coin a day and so who knows right i mean there's a lot of good things i hear about this particular coin and it's open source and also what i like about it is that it's asic resistant because it uses a uh 16 different algorithms and it randomly switches between every block this the algorithm used to do its proof of proof of work, right? Uh, so, pretty much what ASICs do is they're specifically designed to solve a certain algorithm better than your regular GPU. Now, because this this coin like is ASIC resistant, everybody kind of gets a fair shot at mining it without, you know, just a couple of people with a lot of money and a and ASICs and the equipment to do it, uh, getting all the rewards. Everyone kind of has a free, or not a free, but, you know, a fair shot at it. Uh, yeah, and so that that's used for... It's a, it's a blockchain. The Ravencoin is a blockchain and platform optimized for transferring assets, uh, such as tokens, from one to another. So just a safe way of sending tokens right uh, and it is built on the fork of Bitcoin code block reward time of one minute uh, it's free and open source anybody can go take a look at the source code 
don't know. Cool coin. A lot of hype behind it right now. Um, it's currently got a market cap of $38 million, which is really nothing in the crypto world. And so that means that, you know, if it goes 10 times, I'll have a market cap of 30, $300 million. So around 20 cents. But then... Three billion market cap. Yeah, like I mean, really, it could. It has a lot of potential. I mean, for it to have a three billion market cap, uh, it would be at two dollars, and that's really nothing. So, well, it's something, but <laughs> it's not too crazy, especially in this uh, crypto world. Yeah. So, market cap of two. Yeah, that'd be 1% of the current market cap. So, I don't know. It's achievable. It's crazy. Um, so, that's just the coin I've been looking at. Uh, so, I'll put a link to their website in the description. If anybody's interested, give her a go. Take a look. Uh, I know I'll be investing in it. Um. And also, it's more of a long-term hold. Uh, I'm not going to be trading it myself. I'm just going to buy it, hold it, see where it's at in a year or two. Oh, it could be worth something. Um, all right. And also, yeah, it's, it's, it's honestly kind of hard <laughs> doing a podcast on my own. I, I don't really have anybody to bounce ideas off of and... Uh, question or question me you know so i'm just kind of uh just kind of going on a rant here <laughs> uh it's a little weird but i'm trying my best uh, another thing that i wanted to talk about and this was actually brought up at our meetup and this meetup took place on wednesday i believe yeah it was on wednesday uh it was run by jordan mckinney uh he was on I think it was episode three of our podcast, actually. And, um, you know, he's a crypto fanatic. He has a lot of interesting things to say. I really enjoyed the presentation he put on on Wednesday. Uh, pretty much, he's a, he's a Bitcoin skeptic, right? And so he wrote up this article, and that was his main topic at the meetup. Uh, Bitcoin security and negative exponential. And so to kind of break it down is that you have the Bitcoin network and pretty much the security within the network is based on the fact that you need 51% of the hash power of the entire network to attack Bitcoin and cause a change in the blockchain, right? So like just to really break it down for you. If you have 51% of the hash power, well then you can you can make a blockchain slightly faster than all the other miners. And then at some point the miners will switch to your chain, which is known to be true because the longest chain is the most honest one in the Bitcoin network. And so and then you'll be able to 
do whatever you want to every block, right? Uh, so what he says is that although it's really expensive to do, it's not impossible to do. So, I mean, anybody, in theory, anybody with a lot of money could somehow accumulate 51% of the hash power and attack the network. Um, he goes on to say and uh, talk about the security budget, what he calls the security budget of the Bitcoin network. So the security of the proof of net network of Bitcoin depends on how much money the network is paying out to the miners. And so pretty much what he's saying is that imagine you had a proof of work currency, cryptocurrency, that paid out a million a day. Well, then in that case, what you'll have is miners that are only mining to make profit, obviously. They'll never be spending more than a million a day if the total payout is a million a day. So now with Bitcoin, the problem is that right now, approximately 98% of Bitcoin's security budget, as it's called, is the block rewards, which is currently at, I believe, 12.5 Bitcoin per block. Now, every four years, this gets halved. So therefore, Bitcoin's security budget gets halved every four years. And so he wrote up this article because he doesn't, he couldn't find anybody that kind of counters or, or provides any input or feedback on what's going to happen when, you know, the security budget isn't anything and it's feasible to attack. And so it's a really interesting article. Uh, it says that, well, if, if Bitcoin's value doubles every time the block reward halves, well, then the security budget would remain constant. But that means that after Bitcoin doubles about nine times, for example, it'd be $3.6 million per Bitcoin. And that's just, and, and at that point, that the market cap of Bitcoin exceeds the world G GDP. So it's getting a little ridiculous, right? Uh, also, transaction, people think that maybe transaction fees will counter this. But at the same time, transaction fees are determined by the user and not by the miners or anything, right? And the miner is always going to grab the highest transaction fee to the lowest transaction fee to maximize profits. But people don't want to pay high transaction fees, right? So, And yeah, it really opened my eyes, uh, that particular meetup and his presentation. So I'm really excited to see if he gets a response to this because uh, he makes a really good point. And, you know... Another thing is that people say that it's so far away till 
because eventually Bitcoin, the rewards will keep having all the way until there are no more Bitcoin awarded up to a, approximately 21 million Bitcoin will be awarded at that point. And so, yeah, it's a far, t- far away, right? But if you think about it, just a couple more halves, just a cap- couple more happenings of Bitcoin and it will be r- virtually zero. Uh, we'll have 6.25 next halving, we'll have 3 point something, then we'll have 1 point something, then we'll have 0 point something Bitcoin per block, right? Like it's pretty much zero. It'll just keep getting smaller and smaller and smaller until it actually is zero. So, um, yeah, uh, like I said, I can't wait to see what's, uh, what's, what someone counters him with, but you know, it was a really good article to read. It was a great presentation to see. And I will also link that in the description. Um, but other than that, that's pretty much all I had to talk about today. Uh, like I said, it's, it's, uh, it's a little awkward sitting here and not having anyone to talk with and just kind of like, you know, talking by myself, but, uh, hope you enjoyed it. Uh, as always, uh, vicblockchain.now.sh um, is a active cryptocurrency Slack channel that, you know, me, Tyler, Eric, Jordan, we all kind of contribute. And there's a lot of good topics there and a lot of, you know, ideas bouncing around. Um, also, I guess one more thing. Uh, I'll be having, I'll be hosting a meetup a couple weeks from now. Uh, it'll be a trading 101 vid, uh, video, video, <laughs> uh, trading 101 meetup. And so I'll put together a presentation, some, some ideas about trading, some chart patterns, uh, and look at some exchanges and whatnot. And I haven't really thought about it too much yet, but, uh, I like trading. It's something that I'm really interested in. Uh, I think there's a lot of opportunity, especially in cryptocurrency trading. So uh, it'll be something that I'm really into. And I think I can really bring a lot of value and, you know, teach some people some good things. If anybody else is interested in trading, uh, take a look at our meetup page. Uh, I'll be putting it up pretty soon. And uh, yeah that uh that's about it so thanks for listening as always uh tyler may or may not be back next week but i will have a guest next week we just had some technical difficulties on his end so that's why he couldn't make it this time but next week uh sure to be a good one so tune in and as always thanks for listening